TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Welcome to another edition of 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. My name is Marcus Pierce, and I am here with the fabulous co-founder of the Wellness Couch and the Wellness Guys. He is the hero of happiness. He's Dr. Damien Christoph. <laughs> oh, dear. You are the hero it. of happiness, aren't you? Oh, maybe. I am today. I am right now. He is the Hercules of happiness, oh. Dr. Damien Christoph. Marcus Pierce, so good to be here. I'm so happy to be here. You, you are. We should get a bit of Farrell Williams going, but we Damo. Should, I should clap my hands. At the same time, we're actually not going to talk about happiness that much Mm-mm. on this podcast because no. you and I actually don't buy into this 100% happiness uh, belief, tale, lie, whatever you want to call it. Fib. 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 We think there's a bit too much pressure out there to be happy all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, if that's not a can of corn, nothing else is. That's amazing. Anyway, it's true though. The pressure is on, isn't it? Like people feel the pressure to be happy all the time. Like you go to these places, if you have a green juice, you'll be happy. If you have a raw dessert, you'll be happy. You know, if you hug some trees, you'll be happy. Everyone's trying to get happy. But our brain's not wired like that, MP. Everyone, everyone thinks that we're supposed to be happy all the time, but our brain's wired for emotion. That's what makes us human. We're meant to be emotional. We're meant to have stuff happen. And we're supposed to be able to handle that stuff by having the emotions because the emotions actually help us handle stuff. And, uh, and so we actually put a lot of pressure on ourselves trying to maintain happiness, and we don't need to be that happy. So why is it then that when people are sad, mm-hmm. whether they're grieving or whether they're just down in the dumps, yep. How have we we become so conditioned that we think that the best way we can help someone is to do something that makes them happy? Or we say, come on, let's go out and have a drink. Let's go out and drown our sorrows. Let's go out and do something in order to kind of quench what's going on. Like, have we been conditioned that way? Or is that, is that, is that just a part of human nature? Or what do you think? Everyone wants to help, right? And it feels bad to be sad. Like, it, it feels bad. It doesn't feel nice. It's, it's an uncomfortable feeling to be stuck or be, you know, feeling out of sorts. You know, people don't like that. People enjoy the feeling of feeling happy and elated and on top of the world. Like, people love that to bits. So, everyone feels that if they can take someone from sadness into gladness, then they're going to be, you know, in a better space. And so, what they'll try to do is because they love that person or they care for that person enough, is they go, Come on, mate. I know you don't want to be in that spot. Let's bring you out. Let's do something different because happiness is such a better place to be. And it's true, it feels better. Everyone likes to feel good. But, it, you know, the acknowledgement that somebody might just need a listening ear. So maybe drowning the sorrows might be good because it's not so much the alcohol that makes you feel any better. It's just the fact that you had a chance to go and talk about it that probably makes you feel better, you know. So it's that community, um, the conversation that actually uh, exists and takes place that when you are sad, that empathetic shoulder is, uh, is what people really need rather than actually be turned around to be made happy. Okay, got a little story for you. Okay. By the way, you are rhyming. You are rhyming beautifully today. You said from sadness to gladness. You like that? You said it feels bad to be sad. 
<laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to do it at the same time. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I'm projecting. I'm thinking in advance. Thinking. Okay, what's going to rhyme with this word? <laughs> you are on fire. You are on fire. Okay, so we you know, had. A you know very... what got me in that spot? Just before you, it's retire on fire that got me. Retire there. on fire. Got yeah. me. Got me. Shona. Um, you. We had a very happy event. Uh, we came down to Melbourne uh, recently. We saw you for breakfast on Friday morning, which was the day of my sister's wedding. How cool was that? And that was a very happy event. Yeah. Now Maya, our beautiful daughter, was the flower girl. Maya is five, and, and she beautiful. was beautiful. What a gorgeous little girl she is. She's an angel. Just amazing. Um, she's an angel. Yeah. And uh, we had, uh, May had an 11.30 hair appointment. We saw you for breakfast at about 8 o'clock, I think. Yep. We uh, got ready. We were all excited. We were a bit nervous. We were a bit nervous. Uh, but we thought, you know what? You know, we'll get there and everything will be okay. Because after all, this is a wedding day. This is a very happy event. And cut a long story short, May walks into the bridal room ready for the hair appointment. As soon as she walks in, she absolutely starts bawling her eyes out. The pressure. The pressure of being a flower girl was getting to Maya, and she was uh, obviously anxious, nervous, didn't want to let people down. She does not like letting people down. She definitely knows, I suppose, you know, uh, what she wants to do, but she's she's very much like, I really want to do it, but I don't want to do it. I really want to do it, but I don't want to do it. And um, for the next couple of hours, it was anything but happy. Um, and seeing everyone's response was really... Um, Interesting. Some people wanted, they did anything to try and make Maya happy. Um, other people um, would just, you know, try and avoid the situation. Um, I, on the other hand, was just trying to be with her because, as a dad, it's kind of generally what you want to do is just, I didn't want to fix it because I knew Maya, like a lot of people, we don't like other people trying to fix our things for us. Um, Maya wanted to talk it through. Um, but I did, to cut a long story short, after about two hours, Maya decided, and we use these words, dancing with our fear. It's a Tony Robbins line. We dance with our fear. Maya said, Dad, I'm going to dance with my fear, and I'm going to be a flower girl. And by this stage, most people had given up on the idea of Maya being a flower girl. But she decided uh, on her own accord that she would dance with her fear and be a flower girl. And she went down the aisle, did all of that. Everyone said, oh, what an angel your daughter is. She's so beautiful and all the rest of it. And I thought, if only you knew the half of it. For the last two or three hours, our heart rate's been about 180, and um, it's uh, been a very difficult morning. But the pressure to be happy got to Maya. The pressure to be this perfect little girl, this beautiful flower girl, and this big happy event got to Maya. And it really made me think of, and it's not a pressure that only Maya feels, it's a pressure that all, I think, a lot of people feel on a daily basis this pressure to only project this one sidedness. And kids are very good at removing the filter they'll just express their emotion but do you think most people feel this great difficulty in yeah in this holding up this happiness all the time well you know there is in society a feel and a need there's a desire to keep everybody happy and if you think about the way commercials are done tv commercials radio commercials the presenters on radio that everybody's upbeat and mp you and i recorded a little thing before and uh, and that little thing we you know we kind of just did it you know, if you enjoyed the video or you enjoyed our podcast, then make sure you subscribe, you know. <laughs> then we got, oh, it sounds a bit humdrum, you know, melodramatic, dramatic. Let's ham it up a little bit. So it's like, if you enjoyed, you know. So we had to go and re-record it. And so it's because of things like this that, you know, this one. You know.
it's because we think that happiness is the truth, right? And so people are going, okay, if I'm going to feel amazing, I've got to be happy all the time. And we all feel, and all around us, marketing spin is about life. You know, you look at Coca-Cola that's brought out a whole new, you know, Coca-Cola flavor that's now sitting in the health food aisle at Woolworths, mind you. Uh, <laughs> you just see that? That's uh, that's called life. And people think, oh, great, now I can have a sh- almost sugar-free Coca-Cola, it's going to be better for me. It's called life, so it's got to be good for me. It's got green writing. It's going to be health and wellness. It's in the healthy aisle. That's going to make me feel amazing and probably bring some happiness into my life. So, we, you know, people are conditioned that it's only okay if you're happy. And we call um, sadness mental health disease and uh, and depression is mental health you know, what about the, the, in America, there's a disease where you can be too happy. You know, do you suffer from hyper happiness syndrome? You know, if you do, then maybe you need some downers. And, uh, and so it's kind of, you know, people at this extreme, you know, if it's right or if it's wrong, if it's good or if it's bad, if it's happy or it's sad, you know, people are, you know, not happy to live in the middle anymore. It's got to be at some level of extreme. You know, so you're you either mean? vegan or you're paleo or you're crossfitting or uh, you're walking, you know. Yes. Yes, everything's got to be an extreme. All extremes. You're either raw or you're cooked, you know. It's that sort of thing. And there's something a little bit wrong with you if you don't belong in one field. Like, um, you, you remember, I think um, LT spoke about this as one of the trends for 2013. I think it was the age of community. And we're talking about um, how the, the new thing is to be part of a community, part of a group. And so it used to be all about you. It was all about yourself and it was all about self-improvement and, you know, go to these, you know, events where you'd get all hyped up and feel amazing and, and it was all up to you and it was all about your mindset and then your language and the way in which you saw things and the way in which you let things affect you and your environment. And these days it's all about um, the community and what group do you belong to and what are you doing at the moment and, and who are you exercising with. And it's, so it's, it's not so much about us as individuals, it's us about in, in communities. But because um, you always like to be doing something that's right and not wrong, um, you belong to a community and yours is the best community and everyone else's is not as good as your community. So if you're not going to this chiropractic practice, then you're not as cool as, you know, mm. instead of just saying, oh, you see a chiropractor, that's great, that's awesome. Don't worry about, you know, come and see mine. It's great that you're seeing a chiropractor. People are going, oh, you've got to come and see my chiropractor. You've got to come and see my thing. And so it's all about this self-promotion. Yeah, there's competition in community. Insta-famous, you know. So this whole Insta-famous, Facebook friends, you know, all that sort of, you know, virtual belongingness that people kind of aspire to makes them feel good because they feel that there's people listening to them. And, and really what it is, it comes back to the roots of what we're talking about, which is conversation, community, um, ebbing and flowing and, uh, and, and, and just, you know, being with each other. This is so, you are incredible because what this reminds me of is um, people that are, so just to give you an example, I've got a couple of clients at the moment who are like, I can't do what I want to do because I look at other people on Facebook and they've got 10,000 likes or 20,000 likes or whatever. <laughs> and so like you talked about with this community, people are now comparing their community to other communities going, well, why even bother? Because their community is better or bigger or yeah, cooler. Way bigger. I'm never going to get there. I got in there too late. Now they're going to wait for the next big, big thing, you know, scribble or whatever else is going to be massive. <laughs> so there's this, there's this pressure people are putting on themselves purely because they're comparing themselves to someone else rather than just doing it because it makes them feel good. We're now going, well, I can't do it because someone else is already doing something which might not even be exactly the same. 
but it's just someone else is already big and better and so there's there's no room left or whatever but the, the i suppose what i'm saying is that the the markers of happiness are becoming so difficult for people to meet that they think why bother that's a great point the markers of happiness you know how do you measure happiness is it for me, happiness is the collection because happiness for me is, is the, it comes back to the word that John D. Martini likes to talk about, which is love. And it's the, the complement or the combination of complementary opposites. So it's accepting that, you know, something is good and is bad and that actually equals love and that's a great thing and that's what you want to celebrate. So it's not about having those fluctuations in emotion, you know, nothing against at all what Tony Robbins has taken people through because that elation that people that people experience when they you know go to a Tony Robbins event obviously catapults them and helps them make decisions that are life changing forever but the yeah. deflation that comes as a result of the elation can be absolutely yeah. enormous and send people spiraling yeah. out it's like winning tats lotto it's that yeah. same sort of thing as that immediate joy that immediate you know uh, gratification of sticking your hand in a lolly bag and eating all those lollies and then there's the the downside to feeling it later on yeah well on on that, I just had a chat with our um, mutual friend Kate Golay yesterday. Ah, oh, good old Kate. Just been, good old Kate, who's just been to um, Tony Robbins' date with Destiny uh-huh. for the second time. It was her first time in 10 years or so uh, that she'd been to a Tony Robbins event. But uh, for people listening, Kate's also done a lot of Martini's work. Heaps. And so she was talking about the difference in, yeah, because as you say, when you go to a Martini event, it's very different. It's it's what do you call it? It's just you're there to learn. Like it's very you're there much to get balanced again. Yeah, you're yeah. there to learn. Yeah. When you go to a Robo event, it's it's not just about the learning. It is you're there to be entertained. You're there to socialize. You're there to have fun and all the rest of it. And we're just talking about the differences in those environments. And like you say, one's not bad or good or better or worse. It's just everything is a combination that adds up to love um, or whatever other people would like to call it. But I think it's that awareness, isn't it, Damo? Once people have that awareness, it they don't have to put all the pressure on themselves to label everything in their life this is good this is bad this is right this is wrong because that's where all of the sadness comes from is the labeling of an event as a certain way yeah yeah that's right that's so true and uh and it's just those poles but to come back to your little thing you know in trying to help little beautiful maya um move through her challenge you know the pressure of trying to maintain happiness the whole time if you have a look at children and the fluctuations that they go through every single day with their emotions which are quite often based on hunger and fatigue you know really they're the two things a little bit like you know most men um and so if you think about you know where where she was at she wasn't actually able to truly express how she felt until she could have a meltdown and probably possibly even after a meltdown she would have just fired up and everything was all good as gold. You know, she just had to have that meltdown, just to let everybody know that this is hard, this is tough, I don't know how to communicate it, I don't feel like being happy all the time, I'm scared, um, yeah. I'm worried, people are going to be looking at me, I'm going to be, you know, people, you know, just all of those things that she just wouldn't have known how to talk about because um, she had to be part of this happy group. You hit the nail on the head, Damo, and I'm sure I'm probably not the only parent that says this, but Maya having a meltdown is the best thing for her. Because once the meltdown's over, if you can get through the thunderstorm, um, once you come to the other side, it's a very beautiful rainbow. It's a happy place, and like you say, you, you you could I could not have said it any better. That's just the way that she goes through those range of emotions. Or she expresses how she's feeling, and for a grown adult, yeah, on a wedding day, that's probably hard to deal with. But like you say, there's a lot of wisdom in it, and um, I suppose if we could all probably appreciate that in others more, we'd probably stop trying to keep on fixing people's 
so-called problems, wouldn't we? Yeah, for sure. And but also the understanding too. I was just thinking about that as you were talking about that, and um, and thinking about uh, the combination of emotions. You know, often we cry tears of pain and tears of sadness, but quite it, it's funny because you don't often see people cry tears of joy. Yeah, anymore. happy tears don't happy happen tears. all the time. Nah, and so at a wedding, I often find myself tearing up, and I love that feeling. Same yeah. as if I'm at a at a funeral, I find myself tearing up, and I don't try to make myself any happier or any sadder. You know, yeah. to try to counter that, I just go, oh, what a great feeling to have those feelings and to acknowledge that that's how you're feeling and that it's totally fine. It's not a yeah. mental health disease or a disorder. Um, <laughs> that it's actually okay. You know, and I'm not taking anything away from um, mental health disease. I think that's very important that we acknowledge that, but I think it's also that we acknowledge it's, it's a shame that we actually had to give it a title um, and to classify it and pigeonhole and go, well, if you're anything but happy, then you might have a mental health disease. That's, um, that's a real shame. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think once we label something, it goes both ways, doesn't it? I mean, I think of sometimes um, we, feel, we feel a sense of clarity when we do uh, label something because we feel like we can solve that problem, so to speak. Sometimes people can't stand the idea of not knowing what's going on with them and they feel like they're in this grey area all the time. And then once we label something, um, then we feel like we've got something tangible to work through and to work with. But at the same time, sometimes a label for people doesn't have any practical plan. It doesn't have any end result. It doesn't have a um, somewhere where we can just work through it or some level of acceptance. So it can kind of go both ways, can't it? Like you say, if we label every single... Um, every single disempowering emotion or every single sad emotion is a mental illness, uh, but there's no real end goal in mind and we end up and it becomes institutionalized and over-medicated and all of those things, then it's not really, I suppose, an empowering way to work through those emotions, which, like you said at the very beginning of the podcast, we're meant to have. Yeah, we're meant to have everything. You're supposed to be happy and sad. You're supposed to have stress. You're supposed to have calm. You're supposed to have challenge. You're supposed to have ease. All of these sorts of things are, are meant to happen with our body, and that's actually how our body and our brain and our nervous system, everything gets stronger. If you think about our immune system, if our immune system just went around you know, through life and never actually had to fire up, it would never amount to anything. But the fact that we need to challenge our immune system in order to get over a cold or a cough or a, you know, something more significant like a tumor or whatever else, we have to have those challenges in our life in order to, uh, to learn and to grow. That's the way our body is designed, hands down. Like it's, it's, there's, no, there's no need to try and remain um, unipolar. It's okay yeah. to be slightly bi- bipolar. Nice work. And I might just mention there's one of my favorites before we finish up with this podcast is the good old optimism cycle. I think it was Martin Seligman that first spoke about this, but the only way people become optimistic is by going through challenge because challenge builds resilience. Yep. And if from that resilience we we develop that strength of mind, we become optimistic about things because we know we can deal with things because we've dealt with them in the past. And so often people that might be pessimistic or downcast on something is due to a lack of resilience because when a challenge comes up, we don't fight it as well as we could. And like you say, we need challenge in order to actually gain strength in our lives and in our, in, in our own personal selves. And the sooner we can acknowledge those challenges as like, okay, this is an opportunity to grow and strengthen myself or my resolve, and then that allows us to become more optimistic, then naturally enough, we can accept the emotions that we go through, whether it's happiness or grief or sadness or whatever it is, nervousness, anger, um, upset, and not recognize it as good or bad, but just recognize it as an emotion that is. Just is. 
Just is. Just is. I love it. Well done. Damo, I hope you and I and the rest of our listeners feel a little bit less pressured to be happy 24-7. The pressure has gone down, yes. and I'm happy yeah. enough to clap my hands. But at the same time, I feel like I'm balanced. I feel good, mate. It's nice. Yeah, absolutely. How do you Damo, feel? Damo, I feel great. I was just thinking, when we're in Ikaria in June next year, mm-hmm. even though it's going to be 10 days of magic, mm-hmm. you know, maybe the way life is, there might be, you know, just a little bit of challenge. I mean... Travelling for 24 hours might be somewhat challenging for a few people. Yeah. So it might be. not be much as I want it to could be. Could be some rain. There might be. Oh, gosh. Don't put too much challenge into it. <laughs> but when we meet people at the port on this beautiful Greek island, they might not be bouncing out of their skin ready to go, woohoo, we're in a career. They might be like, mate, just find me a bed. Like, yeah, that's true. Play out Give me some wine. Give me some yeah. bread. And you and I will have to be careful to go, no, 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 hold on a minute. But we're in the epicenter of longevity. Let's go out and have a good time. That's right. See you in 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to remind ourselves that it's okay for people just to unwind and groove into the Icarian lifestyle. Easy. Damo, thank you as always for your wisdom. I'm so glad we were able to talk about that on this episode. It's been an absolute joy. There are so many ways that you can find us. You can go to thewellnesscouch.com forward slash 100 not out. We'd love to hear your feedback. Also, check us out on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash 100 not out. That is all spelled out. You can view the entire range of all 16 podcasts available uh, on The Wellness Couch at thewellnesscouch.com, including the number one show, The Wellness Guys. So until next week, though, continue, as always, to make the rest of your life the best of your life. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.